live from the Poly Market Studio in LA. It's the Young Turks. All right, welcome to Turks and Jerks. We do this every year. Uh, we pick the worst person and the best person of the year. Uh, and we are, of course, the ultimate arbiters of that. <laughs> so, Jake Uger, Rashad Ritchie, John Iderola, and Dave Kohler with you guys. Of course, Rashad's the host of Indisputable, John's the host of Damage Report. Dave is one of the co founders of TYT, and I'm me. Um, so, uh, normally we start with Turk of the Year because Jerk of the Year is. Uh, Harder to determine because there's so many candidates normally. But this year, I think Jerk of the Year, based on your voting, was a little bit easier. Huh. So we're going to start with Jerk of the Year. Um, so I'm getting right into it, okay? Uh, so we got holidays to celebrate. Um, so Jerk of the Year, who is it going to be? Well, uh, you guys voted. Uh, we're going to tell you your, the results of your votes. And then uh, we had our own uh, nominees too. And at the end, uh, we picked based on a combination of all those factors. We're going to start with John Iderola. Uh, you tell us who your jerk of the year was. Uh, first of all, I'm going to briefly say that I, I disagree with your premise. I think it's harder to choose a Turk because it took me like three solid days to come up with anyone who wasn't awful. Um, that's the way the world <laughs> is, unfortunately. Did not take me long to come up with my jerk and probably won't surprise. Apologize, I am having. I did not get properly set up. Jerk of the year, me. On today's stream. <laughs> That's just Turk of the today. year, Edwin, doing his job and remaining below the level of the desk. Okay, with that said, let's get into this. Uh, my jerk of the year perhaps will not surprise many of you because it combines both the spirit of the title as we use it, which is that the jerk of the year is not necessarily like the person who you know went out and committed like the worst crimes necessarily. It's it's someone who encapsulates jerkiness and is also a person in this case who is just an old school jerk. And that's Elon Musk. He's the biggest jerk in the country, perhaps the world, perhaps history. Um, mainly because he combines a lot of different aspects of jerkiness. He has um, a large fan base of people who give him credit for things that he does not deserve and has not earned. He is a massive waste of potential. He's a guy who he's made some good choices in his life. He got wealthy early on in life and decided to you know invest in a number of companies, most of which have done well. Um, and he could have just done that. He could have just, you know, like helped us get to Mars or whatever. You know, help fund this company where the actual engineer is doing the work of producing EVs. Never forget, he doesn't know anything about any of that. Um, would help to normalize EVs. He could have just done that, and instead he decided, no, he wants to be cool and he wants to be liked and he wants to be funny, and so he's ruined it all. Um, not only for himself, in the eyes of reasonable people, his reputation is just absolutely kaput, and um, you know he's done damage to the companies that he's ostensibly CEO of. Uh, but also, he decided I need to have a safe space for myself, and it's going to be Twitter. It's going to be the entirety of Twitter. I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to ruin it. I'm going to free it up to all of the worst people. I'm going to make a number of different changes to the platform, every single one of which has made it worse. And in so doing, made it a place that the productive work that had generally been done in terms of activism, journalism, that was done on Twitter, it's harder to do it, it's more thankless to do it. 
And uh, and I worry about the long term sort of invisible damage that it's done to multiple different areas of our society. I could go into a whole lot more about you know what we found out about the sexual harassment claims against him, um, the fact that he's never met an employee that he didn't want to crush beneath his boots, the bizarre, constant, cringy behavior, the anti-Semitic conspiracy theories, the uh, platforming and uh, normalizing of absolutely horrendous people. Um, it was almost all bad from start to finish. There were a couple of things that he did that were okay. He kind of helped with Starlink a little bit in Ukraine and then tried to use his uh, control over uh, that technology to harm the, the war effort in Crimea. Um, and he also made Ron DeSantis look like an absolute doofus during the launch of his presidential campaign, thanks to it taking place on Twitter, which didn't work anymore. But other than that, it was really bad and he's a major jerk. Yeah, but tell us how you really feel, John. So I, I can keep going if you want. <laughs> no, I have a lot to no, say. That was very clear. Uh, or as I think Elon Musk would say, Bart will have this. Uh, we'll see what our thinks about that. Let's see how Earth responds to that. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, of all the things that you mentioned, I think firing two thirds of his employees at Twitter is probably really high up there. Uh, all right, but let's get a different uh, thought on Jerk of the Year. We're going to go to Dr. Rashad Rishi. A host of industry. Okay, all right. So we're doing jerk, right? Yes. Okay. Matt Gates. <laughs> Need I say more? <laughs> um, face alone. <laughs> right. First of all, this hairstyle. <laughs> um, here's the thing. There's nothing to like about Matt Gates. I agree with John. You can actually find a couple of things, maybe remnants with Elon Musk and a few others. But this guy, um, no, he <laughs> likes children. He also gets away with major crimes. He sits on committees that he also utilizes to leverage investigations away from him. He gaslights every single day of his life. He acts as if he's some pro-Christian values saint. While at the same time, according to the narrative, he snorts cocaine and shows naked pictures to his colleagues in the in the house. So that's Matt Gates. But here's the dynamic as to why he's the jerk of the year. Matt Gates is the future. He's the future of the Republican Party. He is what the Republican Party will look like post Donald Trump. You see, he's still inside of the mainstream, even though he's a fringe human being. Donald Trump will be the worst president if elected. I hope to God he actually gets arrested, prosecuted, and placed in the pokey. But the personality of a Matt Gates will personify beyond the Republican Party after Trump. These individuals have no backbone, they are feckless leaders, they have absolutely no care for anyone who elected them. They do not believe in representation, they believe in self representation. And they hold these positions of power to do one thing, to gain more power. If you are ever confused as to why these political members of Congress or the political gatekeepers of the Republican Party, why are they adverse to alleged values they used to have? Well, they no longer are a party. Their true politics is now power. So whatever it takes to get them in proximity of power, they will now do. So it may seem adverse to some Republican ideology historically held, 
Why? Because they no longer have a true ideology. It is simply about power. So that is my jerk of the year. Okay, uh, my favorite part of Rashad's explanation was the word, use of the word pokey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, proper. But look, Ferris show in America, so I'll say uh, I actually think that uh, there's at least one redeeming quality of uh, of Elon Musk. To the, you mentioned Starlink, John, but I think that it's actually better than than you even uh, said it. And on Matt Gates, uh, I'll be fair and say there is one thing, which is that he stopped taking corporate PAC money. Okay. All right, you see that? Look at me finding the silver lining. Well, and he agreed to do an interview on TYT, which a lot of others don't, including yeah. our friends. Uh, yeah, look at the founder of TYT talking about that. Okay, I agree. That actually, and that turned into a wild interview uh, with some of the things that Rashad mentioned being mentioned in that interview, and then he never came back on. But at least he had the courage <laughs> to come on in the first place. Look at that. We found two redeeming things. Okay. But overall, not good enough, <laughs> not even close, so good point, Rashad. All right, Dave, you're next. All right, so first people have to understand when I'm on the show, I try to, I'm always slyly in my own way hearkening back to the Friday post game show, and so I go to Latin America. <laughs> and my jerk of the year, people, here's where you all say, who what, who? Uh, Daniel Ortega, president of Nicaragua. In reality, this is a lifetime achievement award, although he did earn it in 2023, and I'll get to that, but he's basically, he started off in the 80s as Ronald Reagan's chief nemesis on the global stage, other than maybe, you know, Brezhnev or whatever. And uh, he was a leftist rebel leader. He threw out the dictator in Nicaragua, had a, a little run as president of Nicaragua in the 80s with his left leftist principles and was trying to help the population. Then he went out of power, came back into power, abandoned everything. He is now a tyrant. He basically uses the state machinery of Nicaragua to oppress and jail his political opponents. He's thrown out all social organizations and NGOs who are trying to do anything because he perceives them to be against him. He and his family and his children and his wife run Nicaragua basically as a dictatorship. It's the most politically repressed nation in Central or maybe Latin America. 10% of the population of Nicaragua has left. And those are the people now pressing many of them on the southern border of the US. In 2023, good for Nicaragua, Nicaragua won the Miss Universe contest. And Daniel Ortega didn't like it. He thought that, that that was a threat to him. So he barred her and her son from coming back to Nicaragua and arrested her husband. Like, what is this guy doing? And, and why he's a jerk is because he's the latest on the long list of these leftist revolutionaries full of ideals who then become tyrants. You can read Animal Farm or you can go back to Lenin and Stalin and who many of you, maybe you go back to Robespierre or Julius Caesar or whatever. They all do it. I don't know what the hell's wrong with these leftist guys, but Daniel Ortega embodies them. He's one of the last of these traditional Soviet Union supported communist rebels got into power and then just threw it all away to become a dictator. And so for me, he's the jerk of the year. Okay, and by the way, of course, a lot of leftists have gotten into power and in, for example, in Uruguay a little while back and did a great job as long as they didn't abuse power. And that's the problem with power corrupting. Yeah, but those are leftist politicians, that's fine. These are leftist revolutionaries like Nick, 
the, the, the Nick, uh, Uruguayan guy didn't throw, overthrow a dictatorship. He yeah. got elected yeah. to power. Yeah, 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 he's serving. And of course, Lula in, in Brazil. Yeah. Uh, oh, many others, many others. Many, but, many. But many the others. rebels, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was just a shame because the, you would think that the rebels would be even better, but unfortunately, it hasn't turned out that way. Okay, so now uh, I want to thank uh, uh, some of you out there. Botch job, thank you for gifting five Young Turks memberships. And I mentioned that particularly because one, you're an American hero, and two, because a lot of these folks that we mentioned have done a botch job. So kind of <laughs> appropriate there. Uh, everybody, tyt.com slash join to become a member uh, or tyt.com slash gift to give the gift of membership. And now I move on to my uh, jerk of the year and then I'll tell you who you guys voted for. Uh, so mine is a kind of a slam dunk if you ask me. Well, you did ask me and that's why I picked him, uh, <laughs> Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, so uh, Hamas uh, did something atrocious on October 7th, uh, killing 1200 Israelis. Over 800 of them civilians, uh, and uh, that is when Israel had the um, sympathy of the of the world behind it, and everyone wanted to help. And he took that sympathy that Israel had and uh, and lit up a dumpster fire with it, and uh, and has destroyed uh, you know any goodwill that that uh, that Israel had by killing now at least 20 times the number of civilians that Hamas has killed. Uh, it's by all accounts, New York Times, and including a lot of great journalists in Israel, uh, some of the worst war crimes we've ever seen in our lifetime. Dropping 2,000 pound bombs in the middle of residential areas, four times larger than any bomb America dropped in Iraq, and the worst fighting in residential areas. Uh, 29,000 bombs overall, uh, just endless war crimes and, and atrocities. And he bragged the other day that he had prevented a Palestinian state and that he would always prevent a Palestinian state. So a permanent state of war is what helps him politically, but it doesn't help Israel and it doesn't help the Palestinians obviously, doesn't help America or the world. And I can go on and on, but apparently it is evident to all of you as well, because when we ask you to vote for jerk of the year in on YouTube, in the YouTube community, there was 154,000 votes overall, oh. and uh, and the clear winner, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, 55. So th sorry, that's on tyt.com. I'll do that one first. Keep it up on tyt.com. 73. He got 73% of the vote. DNC got 15%. Ken Paxton 8%. Uh, that's the Attorney General of of Texas, and Lauren Boebert got 2%. And for they were first nominated and then votes. Now let's go to. YouTube community, he got 55% there. Santos got 17, and Ken Paxton got 15, and Ron DeSantis got 13. I was a little bit surprised at how well Ken Paxton did in all these polls. And don't get me wrong, he's more than earned it. He's intensely corrupt, so corrupt that even other Republicans in Texas investigated him, but then at the end they panicked when the Trump said, no, we like corruption. And MAGA fan base was like, yeah, get back that, why do you mean corrupt big guy? Fill the swamp, fill the swamp. And then the Texas Republicans were like, "Oh, sorry, sorry, I forgot we're pro-corruption now. And he's back to doing atrocious things, including trying to arrest people based on miscarriages, etc. Just an awful, awful human being. And, and certainly should be considered. But and Santos is obvious, DeSantis is obvious. For those of you who don't know, the DNC has been mm, doing their usual antics in the primary and blocking all Biden um, uh, 
challengers in a number of states, etc. But but overall, the clear winner for among you guys who are voting was Netanyahu. Now look, there's a little bit of recency bias because it, that stuff is so uh, you know uh, dominant in the news today. And and since we do this every year, I, I went back and really tried to think through who is it that. that that is the jerk of the year and not be overly influenced by it. But when I did that, it still came out to Netanyahu because these are these are historic war crimes. Um, and, and the amount of people killed in Gaza that are innocent civilians is unbearable. Uh, so with your overwhelming vote and, and ours put in, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, congratulations, uh, you're the jerk of the year. So. Um, yeah, did you have a comment? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I, I tried to think back to the earlier phase of the year. I tried to make sure that I wasn't missing anything. I think, look, there are some people like Ken Paxton who sort of like got you coming and going. Like he, he had the corruption stuff earlier in this year and he closes out the year with Kate Cox. So I think he really earned his spot. I think Benjamin Netanyahu winning the top spot. I mean, you could you could hypothetically say, well, the, the war, you know, the the continuing war in Ukraine has been absolutely devastating too. But Putin was on our lists at the end of last year for very similar reasons because of the the number of civilian casualties. Um, I did want to just point out, I thought it was interesting that on on our lists, I mean, maybe some people considered him as a finalist, and on the community lists, no Donald Trump. Despite you know he's said absolutely horrendous things. He's stoked political you know violence. He's talked about leftists being vermin who need to be rooted out. Um, not to mention the 91 indictments and all of that. He's certainly been in the news a lot, and we're we're really facing you know potentially him becoming president again, perhaps from the pokey uh, next year to give a shot to Rashad. And yet he wasn't on any lists. He's very likely to be on the lists next year. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he's back. Um, Rashad, thoughts about the other candidates? Yeah, I want to say this about Netanyahu. First of all, obviously, right? That what he has done and what he's doing, the eradicating of life. Now, we're not talking about in mutual combat, we're talking truly about killing children, right? The Gaza Strip. The average age of a Palestinian is 19.2 years of age. Over 40% of Palestinians in that region are under 14 years old. So every time we hear about a death toll, damn near 50% are guaranteed to be children. So that is the kind of carnage. And we don't have access, as you've pointed out on many shows, Jank, we don't have access to see the carnage because he got rid of it, he closed it out, made sure we weren't there. So I agree with you, this is historic in nature. These are war crimes and unfortunately we have feckless leaders all across this nation and all across this globe who are unwilling to say and do exactly what is required to stop a tyrant like that. Yeah, I'll give you the last two stats on our jerk of the year, Benjamin Netanyahu. 36 kids killed by Hamas on October 7th, heartbreaking. 36, over 9,000 kids killed now in uh, in Gaza uh, by Netanyahu's government. Uh, and in Afghanistan, we were not overly careful with the United States. Uh, and But nevertheless, Israel in two months has killed more civilians than the US killed in Afghanistan 
over 20 years. Two months versus 20 years. Yep. So um, unfortunately, Netanyahu is more than earned jerk of the year. Yeah. Can I throw out a few additional names if we have time? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I also want to point out, I, I do think it's a little bit weird that you know, that Lauren Boebert ended up getting 2% on one of the lists. It just seems like such, like I'm not a fan of Lauren Boebert or whatever, but it seems weird that she ranks there. Even if you were gonna choose like, you know, a sort of MAGA adjacent congresswoman, I feel like Marjorie Green has really worked harder to belong on that list. I mean, she's the sort of person that goes around saying like, if she'd been in charge on January 6th, they'd have had guns and they would have won. Lauren Boebert's terrible, don't get me wrong, but I feel like Marjorie Green's quite a bit worse. But I, but I would add, um, I don't know that Ron DeSantis is, got the credit he des or the discredit he deserves. I mean, you had the stunts with flying migrants all over the country. Um, he's he talks about you know wanting to gun down migrants at the border. Like he's a really bad guy, and the fact that he's running against Trump, I think, makes people forget how truly horrific he is. And I also think Greg Abbott deserves a, a spot there. I mean, he's the guy you know deploying the. Barbed wire wrapped floating buoys, you know, at the at the southern border. He's just as bad as Ken Paxton when it comes to issues of reproductive rights. He 100% stands as an obstacle to any sort of you know, gun control reform in Texas. He was super on board for the voter suppression and will be going into this next year. So I feel like Greg Abbott, if it if the list extended to like 10, definitely deserves a spot I liked there. I like how at TYT we give the winners first and then the nominees after, which <laughs> I would add <laughs> Yaya Sinwar to be a nominee to this list uh, as well. Tell us who. The military leader of Hamas. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no question, I would add Viktor Orban, you know, if, as long as we're doing foreign leaders. He hasn't gone to uh, Hamas's leader or Netanyahu's. Uh, level at, uh, remotely, but but he is. He's gone stripping. to Ortega's level. <laughs> he has gone to Ortega's level. That's uh -huh. right. Um, okay, guys, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back to the year, including some that you nominated that I hadn't even considered, uh, we're going to do your nominations first, then ours. So stay right here. All right, back on Turks and Jerks. Uh, Jane Huger, Dr. Rashad Ritchie, John Iderola. And Dave Kohler with you guys. I'm gonna read a couple of quick comments and we're gonna go to Turk of the Year. Third party time wrote in our member section, Edwin for Turk of the Year. Nice. Yes. Okay, all right. Well, let's see if you know. Underrated. If, uh, if, he, if he makes the list, but I love how you're thinking. Uh, Wolf Dragon Donna said, my favorite power panel. Well, that's nice that we appreciate it. Twitch Micro on Twitch wrote in, Matt Gates always looks like he's going 100 miles per hour with his head out the window. <laughs> That is a hilarious comment and <laughs> the main reason why I'm reading these comments in the first place. Uh, and uh, and then last one is uh, Ford Country wrote in and YouTube members, uh, Nutty Yahoo, uh, hands down, though dishonorable mentions for anyone who still supports them and should know better, looking at you, Fetterman. Uh, and yes, Fetterman is uh, really frustrating these days, but I probably wouldn't go that far. Um, okay, now. Uh, having said that, let's go to Turk of the Year. Okay, so uh, Turk of the Year is uh, usually a challenging category because it's the best person of the year, and there's tons of jerks of the year uh, as nominees. But finding uh, the do-gooders are a little bit more difficult. But a lot of you had interesting nominations, and then obviously the hosts here did, and then we'll tell you uh, who won overall. But I'm gonna go to uh, the community first. So this person got a ton of votes in our YouTube community. Bow of the fifth column, Justin King. 
Ah, huh, interesting. So uh, they explained, the community did, um, that uh, he's a political commentator who gives back to the community, so we like that. Uh, he is the best combat and foreign policy commentator, one member wrote, that we have on the left. He also just raised over $10,000 for a woman's domestic violence shelter to make sure the older kids had a tablet and some internet access along with headphones and a gift card. Then he cuts a check for the rest to the shelter. He does it every year. All right, Bo the fifth column, did not expect that, shows up on our list, I like it. And I like how you guys contribute and, and get us thinking in, a, in unorthodox ways, in different ways than, than we did here, so that's terrific. Now, the next one's very important, doctors and medical professionals in Gaza. And a lot of people nominated them, and obviously very logical. I don't have to explain it much to you guys given the harrowing circumstances that they're in and a lot of the hospitals are under siege. And they have stayed there knowing that they can get killed to help others. Many people nominated UAW and SAG after strikers. I had a similar but a little bit different nomination, which I'll get to a little bit later. And obviously it was the year of the strike in a lot of ways, UAW and SAG and after all delivering major victories. And I love that they fought back more than anything else. And the fact that they won on top and it got seemingly great deals was terrific, not just for them, but for all workers in America. So thank you guys to all the strikers. And then along, and then Bisan Oda is a Palestinian filmmaker best known for her social media videos documenting the 2023 a war in the Gaza Strip that we're seeing now, or the destruction more than a war. And one member stated, Bisan Odin, for opening our eye to what is happening in the hospitals and refugee camps in Gaza, despite being targeted herself by the IDF. Wael Al Dadu for being the bravest damn journalist in the world, despite being targeted and having almost his entire family murdered by the IDF. He went back to work the next day, selfless. So both the uh, medical workers and the journalists in Gaza. So that is unsurprising that they came up on Turks of the Year list. Now let's go to our list, let's go to John first. Yes, I uh, couldn't agree more about that. Both the professional journalists as well as the civilian, like citizen journalists, I think uh, super important. And so many journalists have died in Gaza already that it doesn't get talked about enough. Uh, but I went in a different direction. Um, I tried to look back over the year and thought who in America was doing good work on important issues and it was noticeably harder than in previous years. And I don't like admitting that, I hope that I'm not just being cynical. Perhaps a lot of names are occurring to you. Um, but I did come up with a few, three of them in fact, the Tennessee three. So they are collectively my Turk of the year. Uh, that is uh, Justin Pearson, Justin Jones, Gloria Johnson, who earlier this year following uh, one of the many, many, many mass shootings in America that happen and nothing is done. Uh, used their positions inside the Tennessee State Legislature to allow activists to come in and try to get the the Republican supermajority there to do literally anything about gun violence. And as a result of that, they were like effectively censured, and then two out of the three, both the Justins, were expelled. And thankfully, they are both back in their positions. Um, but they face not only being expelled, but also some of the most utterly condescending and racist talking points from the speaker and other Republicans in the House. They were mocked and attacked by right wing media around the country and all for just trying to represent their constituents on a topic, gun violence. 
that the Republicans in Tennessee had shown they just weren't going to do literally anything about. And so now, thanks to the Republicans there, they have much elevated positions and will probably accomplish a lot of good in a number of different areas. So for you know doing this work at great risk, temporarily at least being expelled, the Tennessee Three are my Turks of the Year. All right, great pick. Rashad, let's go to you. Okay, mentors, mentors, all right. So this is a very personal story for me, but it also has translation to almost anybody. I've always considered myself to be a decent mentor, trying to take opportunities with organizations, etc. And I learned something about three months ago. There's a guy who works for me here in Atlanta, young guy, very good guy. And I realized that he had been working for me for about a year and I had never taken him out to lunch. I had not taken him you know, to just talk about what his dreams are, what his goals are. Those things are important to people, he just graduated college. And the only reason why organizations exist for mentorship is because we fail to seize the moment, the opportunity to mentor those who are around us. And so I encourage everyone to become a mentor, it's real easy. The word mentor means provide guidance, a little bit of direction. And all of a sudden you become a mentor. And we may not need so many organizations to do it for us. And so if you are a mentor already, that's off to you. If you're not, find you at least one person in 2024 and pour the best you inside of them. All right, excellent. And Dave, you're up. All right, I guess it's the year of the state legislators. My two nominees for Turks of the Year are Melissa Hortman. The Speaker of the House of the Minnesota State or Minnesota House and Carrie Didzik, the Majority Leader of the Minnesota Senator Senate. You can ignore almost all the letters between the two D's and it's Didzik. <laughs> so while a lot of people are talking and dreaming of what we can do through legislation to improve this country and make it more progressive and responsive to the needs of the citizens, these two ladies in Minnesota passed laws expanding workers' rights and safety, protecting abortion rights, created a paid family leave program in Minnesota, expanded voting rights, gun safety laws, clean energy support, adjustments to the law to improve general fairness, bolstered the social safety net, money for affordable housing and construction, money for school lunches, money for nursing homes. Shall I go on? Well, I can't go on, that's my list. <laughs> that's a great accomplishment. Uh, they did it mostly under the radar because the national news doesn't often cover something that's going on in one state. And on top of this, Carrie Dedzik had a cancer surgery earlier in the year while these votes were going on. Now, sure, uh, there were favorable wins in Minnesota. The Democrats controlled both houses and the governorship, and they had a good, healthy budget. But that doesn't guarantee anything. There have been times where at the federal level, Democrats have had the trifecta and the budget at the federal level doesn't matter. There's plenty of money and they still can't do anything at the federal level. And many other states in the country have favorable wins and they still don't get nearly this much positive legislation passed. So my Turks of the Year are these two ladies from the Minnesota State Government, Melissa Hortman and Carrie Dietzik. These are great picks, and 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 I love the ones that Dave mentioned because they're not in the news that much, and those are incredible accomplishments. And it goes to show you, it turns out there is something you could do if you wanted to do it. And so, 
So I love that. I think those are great picks. I'm, my picks are also a pair. The two Sean's, Sean Fain and Sean O'Brien. So that's the head of the Teamsters, that's Sean O'Brien on the right, and the head of the UAW, that's Sean Fain on the left. And so these two badasses picked some fights this year, and they won them. And we've been looking for you know, leaders, whether they're Democratic leaders, union leaders, any leaders on the left to step up and take the fight to the other side. And they finally did it. And we, we've been doing Young Turks for 21 years. And finally, finally, we've got union leaders who are fighting against giant corporate power. And, and they proved that if you take them on, turns out you could win. You know, for so long, leaders on the left have been compliant, bow their heads. Oh, there's nothing we could do. There's nothing we could do. Well, Sean Fain and Sean O'Brien proved that's not remotely true. As it turns out, there's a lot you can do. Get caught trying. And I also love their attitude. Sean Fain didn't just do what every union leader my whole life has done, just go kiss the Democratic president's ass and go, oh, please, please help us. No, he's like, no, 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 no credit, okay? And he had such a tough stance on him that all of a sudden Biden showed up on the picket line, huh? Yeah, Obama had talked about, oh, yeah, man, if there's a, a you know collective bargaining is at risk, I'm going to go get my working boots on and I'm going to join the picket line. Zero, nothing, nothing. And it's not against Obama. That's just how Democratic leaders have been my entire life. But Joe Biden found a way to get out on that picket line because Spain was tough on him, and he used his leverage. He didn't just give away the store the minute a Democratic leader walked by. It was the correct strategy. And then when Trump tried to steal the thunder and come in and pretend that he was for workers, Sean Fain kicked his ass left and right and made it abundantly clear that Trump has never been for the workers. So he just he took no prisoners. Sean O'Brien was the same with the Teamster strike. They got great deals for their workers. And then Sean O'Brien on top took on uh, the guy I call Senator Wayne Grow uh, from Oklahoma, uh, John Wayne Mullen. Uh, <laughs> fine, that's his actual name. Um, it sounds like a serial killer. Anyways, they nearly got into fisticuffs in the Senate hearings. Bernie had to settle it down. The fighting left has finally arrived. So I'm thrilled about that. And by the way, they were also nominated uh, by the YouTube community uh, uh, and by uh, folks on tyt.com as well. Uh, so before I tell you who the overall winner is and give you the percentages for the community voting, uh, let's talk it through a little bit. Uh, so Dave got me to w waver a little bit uh, with his picks. It's so good, Tennessee three was a great pick, uh, but I just I picked the two Shawns because I've never like seen anyone on our side fight back like this, and it was just a pleasure to watch. But what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, I, I would have picked them, except I knew that if I didn't, someone would. So I felt like it was safe not to, which is why I went in a different direction. Um, but also, uh, for me, I just I liked having activists on the one side, actual elected officials actually working together. I thought that was great. That's why I went in the, the direction of Tennessee three. Um, my main thing, and I'm really happy that you pointed out yours too, because I was not familiar that they'd accomplished all that. 
it is good to remember that there are leaders out there, you know, um, everyday leaders like Rashad is is shining a spotlight on, and uh, it's great to have you know leaders in the, in the labor movement that that we can see the strategy they're pursuing, we can see the successes, we can see the next steps already brewing in that particular area, because it really does feel like it feels like there are fewer like sort of aspirational motivational figures for us to look to. You know, there's there's great movements, which is important, and sometimes that's more important. Like you have all these different people engaging in these strikes across so many different industries. You've got nurses, and you've got teachers, and you have the screenwriters, and you have the actors, and and you have um, you know in the auto manufacturers as well. That's great too. I feel like we have fewer elected officials that we can point to as people who are in the fight that are trying and maybe not even succeeding. They're they're up against so much, but they're trying. I feel like we have fewer now than we've had. Since like pre Bernie, honestly, like that's how I feel, and it's kind of a depressing thought. It is good to have this sort of opportunity to remember that there are good people out there, but but I feel like we are lacking that sort of leadership in, especially amongst elected officials. Yeah, I mean, today on on the Young Turks, Anna and I gave credit to Ed Markey and Richard Blumenthal for writing a strongly worded letter to Tesla. Like that's what we're down to, like praising strongly worded letters. Okay, so we're. This country is so hungry for a fighter and a leader on the left. And so we're giving you some options here. But I believe one person is gonna rise probably for 2028. That'll make a giant difference. That's my sense of it. Rashad, what do you think? You know, I wanna say this. I think John is right. Um, there's this sense that dynamic leadership has somehow taken a back seat, not as aggressive, not as uh, vigilant. But I will say we're, we're working inside of a decentralized model of leadership, decentralized model of leadership. So where we used to look for a great state or national champion, we may look for a great hyperlocal champion or multiple hyperlocal champions. And back to the dynamic of mentorship, um, I give an example, Jank, every single time I see Jank, he mentors me. Why is that? Because he takes time to make sure we're gonna have lunch, we're gonna have a cup of coffee, we're gonna have a conversation. It's gonna be guidance. And I'm able to call the brother at a time, talk to him about the ways of the world, etc. Those moments are moments of leadership as well. So I don't want to discount those moments as if they're not powerful and impactful, just like somebody who's a, you know, prominent leader. But that's where the leadership comes from. Because you got to build a bench of leadership prior to the public moment. And so without the dynamic of support, mentorship, leadership at levels that cannot be seen, you will never produce the levels that are seen. Uh, first, thank you, Rashad, that's incredibly kind of you to say. Sure. Um, but it, you guys are right, it is very telling that we don't have a single national political leader on any of our lists. You guys didn't have one, we didn't have one. They're all state level or union leaders, etc. Anyways, Dave, what do you think? Well, all true what everyone's saying. Uh, the three of you are kind of say yes. We know that positive change comes from the ground up. It's people movements. But when the elected officials do finally come through, whether it's FDR or whatever, I go back to 
80 years <laughs> or <laughs> Carrie Dietrich and Melissa Horton, then okay, that's great. That affects millions of people. All the people in the state of Minnesota are gonna have a better life because of that. So many more than the UAW members. And I know that that has knock on effects at other unions, but, but when they come through, it's a lot of people's lives who got better, which is why I went with some elected officials. Yeah. Well, but Dave, you're right about that, but that's why wouldn't it be amazing if it happened at the federal level where it could affect 330 million people? Yeah. Can I throw out sort of a two more, like a, a both a, a Turk and jerk kind of, because um, there's an area that I don't think we have anyone in. Um, I do think, it, I don't know if it really fits under the rubric of Turk of the Year, but the very productive. Journalism is all the different journalists that worked on the stories, initially having to do with Clarence Thomas, but then eventually spreading to corruption stories covering the majority of the Supreme Court. I think there was some great work done there that caused a lot of Americans to think about the justices differently than they perhaps had been. I think it helps to put a few cracks in the myth that these are like divinely inspired fonts of judicial wisdom. No. They're regular people, they're people with political thoughts, political biases, personal failings, financial aspirations. And so I think that was great work. And then I would couple that with, I think Clarence Thomas deserves at least an honorable mention for jerk of the year because the dude has not given an inch after all of these revelations. And he's not the only one, the other justices have been shown to have accepted gifts and gone on trips and all of that. And not just at the Supreme Court level, there's been follow up research showing how many judges at you know the appeals court and the district court have been sent off on these vacations and under the guise of like speaking engagements and things like that. But um, but we have a major problem with our Supreme Court, Clarence Thomas and I, look, I guess you know, Roberts has given him sort of an assistant saying that all they're gonna do is put out this little statement about ethics. They're not gonna, there's gonna be no oversight. There's going to be no major reforms. He's not gonna be recusing himself on anything. Uh, there's definitely some jerkiness to be had in the Supreme Court as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because and may, may, people might think it's ironic, but it isn't. That journalists come up almost every year for Turk of the Year. The reason why people might think it's ironic is because we do a lot of media criticism on the shows, right? But but that's the juxtaposition that's so interesting because it's not ironic. We love journalists. We want great journalism, and we applaud great journalism. We're worried that in mainstream media, we're not getting a lot of it. That's why we do the critiques that we do. But John's absolutely right. ProPublica and breaking those stories about the Supreme Court Justice, particularly Clarence Thomas, was amazing. By the way, The Lever, David Sirota's organization, yeah. breaking a ton of stories about the East Palestine train disaster. So much, so many stories about infrastructure and the government doing things wrong. And David Sirota's on the left, but he's criticizing. Um, you know, the Biden administration, that's a Democratic administration. That's good journalism. That's uh, honest and, and challenging the people in power no matter who they are. And then, of course, the, the journalists in Russia are, are, are some of the bravest in the world. To I mean, they are constantly falling out of windows, etc. cetera. Uh, Putin is just absolutely brutal to real reporters. And I can't just can't imagine the courage that they have to, to do journalism despite all that and great journalism. And then finally, as the people pointed out in the community, the, the journalists that are in Gaza are unreal. The courage is breathtaking. And and I've lost track. I know last we had covered it about a week ago, it was at least 68 journalists killed. It's probably near 100 now, I, I, but I've lost track of 
the count, because it's unbelievable how many journalists that they're killing, let alone Shireen Abu Akleh, who was killed by the IDF before the Gaza war. And and by the way, to Israeli journalists too, that are brave enough and courageous enough to call out what their own government is doing wrong. So credit to all of them. Okay, now let me go to the, your guys' votes. So at tyt.com, um, uh, it was a clear winner, well, there was a clear second place too, but the winner was doctors and medical professionals in Gaza. Uh, they came in at 46%. Uh, Sean Fain and Sean O'Brien uh, agreeing with me, 32%. Remember, they had no idea who my uh, pick was. They were nominated by the community and they came in second at 32%. UAW and SAG after strikers at 18% and Bissana Oda at 3%. Uh, and then now let's go to uh, YouTube, uh, Young Turks YouTube community, where there was an astounding 36,500 votes. Turk of the year usually gets less votes because there's so many jerks and not as enough Turks. But Bo the fifth column, uh, look, even if it's just his fans, I applaud them. Our yes. fans had us win tons of polls and, and I thought that that meant something. And it means something when Justin wins. Uh, Turk of the year in our YouTube community, so great job there. Well, and, and really fast, I would just add on, there's a lot of crossover, I think, in the audiences. I mean, people in the Damage Report are, are always talking about uh, the videos. I have people sending me videos on Discord and stuff like that, I think. Um, I don't know that we necessarily agree on everything politically, but I think that there's there's quite a bit of like philosophical and ideological overlap, certainly amongst the audiences. Uh, totally, I mean, that's near 20,000 votes for him. That is amazing. So great job, Justin, on, on uh, the performance this year. And then uh, doctors and medical professionals came in second uh, in at 26%. UAW and SAG after strikers third. You see a theme here. And then Sean Fain and Sean O'Brien at 2% coming in fourth. Okay, so um, last time for Jerk of the Year, I uh, concluded that my pick was the correct one. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, the YouTube community and, and, and uh, TYT community also agreed with me as well, TYT.com community. Uh, in this case, I'm not going with my own pick. I'm going with uh, what the community overall picked, not just in YouTube community, but on our website as well, uh, which is the, the medical professionals uh, and doctors in Gaza. Um, so there are official Turk of the Year, and my God, I mean, there's they deserve every accolade in the world, and they deserve every kind of award. This this isn't much at all, but but we appreciate them, we love them, and no matter what side of the conflict you agree with, um, I hope you're on the side of peace and on the side of innocent civilians, and not on the side of Israel or. Or, or you know, certainly not Hamas, right? It's not about picking sides. It's not about picking identities. It's not about picking countries. It's about protecting innocent civilians on both sides. And and that, who does that better than doctors and medical professionals? Especially as twenty nine thousand bombs were dropped in Gaza, for them to stay and to take care of the people who needed them most. Incredible courage, and our hats are off to uh, Turk of the Year, uh, well, well earned, we appreciate. Uh, just briefly, I, like, I think people who do that sort of work in war zones in almost any context, I think are like, we, we, it, it's easy for us to say they're brave, but if you really stop and think about it, it's almost impossible to actually conceive of what they're doing. That's true in almost every context, but it's especially true in, in this particular one. Um, not only because they're at far greater risk than even medical professionals in other conflicts would be in that, 
in this particular conflict, it has been the pattern has been clear that even when they are literally in the medical facilities, they are not safe. They could be bombed at any moment. Whatever sort of normal like lines in the sand that aren't crossed in terms of attacking medical infrastructure has not been respected in this conflict. And then on top of it, they're working with even less working infrastructure, access to electricity, communications, medical supplies, all of that, food, clean water, you name it. Um, even compared to other uh, war zones and long term conflicts. So very difficult, thankless work. And they're doing it, they're, they're sort of doing immediate responses to the massive numbers of deaths and injuries that are happening right now. But they're also staring down the barrel of a coming crisis in terms of uh, spikes in disease, uh, uh, famine. Um, we already see the, the rates of like uh, diarrhea and things like that, like massively shooting up. Um, and the resources are not coming in to stop that. So they're already overwhelmed and the next few months are, are gonna be even worse. And so I, I don't think that they can they can get enough praise. Yeah, and I think it's it, you know relatively easy to say, hey, medical's in a, in a war uh, area. But, but this one has been particularly brutal. Uh, and I keep going back to how small Gaza is. It's about the size of Las Vegas. And I keep asking you guys to imagine that you're in Las Vegas with your family and you find out that they're gonna drop 29 bombs in Las Vegas, somewhere in Las Vegas, right? And they're 2,000 pound bombs, gigantic. Kills anything within 100 feet, I believe, and and then and then has a kill perimeter that is much larger, uh, an injury perimeter that is much larger, uh, etc. Twenty nine of those it make me an absolute. I mean, I, I, I would do anything to get out of there, but instead it's been twenty nine thousand, and the doctors stayed. I, I look, I, I don't think it's a particularly bold thing to say, but I, I'm not sure I would have stayed uh, and. I'd like to think I have courage. I'd like to think that I take on some risks, etc. But that is a risk that is so stunning. Um, I, I just can't thank them enough. Um, and and but for all the medical professionals, by the way, you don't see in conflicts that aren't talked about as much. Uh, not only you know the next obvious one, which is Ukraine, uh, but also in Yemen and in conflicts all across the world. And in Yemen. People were brutalized. The Saudis also dropped an enormous number of bombs in Yemen and killed so many people, and especially from famine, starved them to death, etc. And for all the reporters, the journalists, the and the medical professionals, the nurses that stayed, there was a, a woman, a, a U.S. nurse that came out of the Gaza Strip and gave an interview on CNN, and I remember saying. That maybe that she should be Turk of the Year because she not only did all of that, but she got the message out to the rest of the world. You have no idea how bad it is, and that applies to all of these war zones. So obviously, we appreciate all of them. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here, but we're going to come back for the members. And one of the things we're going to do is read some of your hilarious comments. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are so funny today, okay? But well, there's a bunch of comments about the Turks and the jerks, and then I want to open it up a little bit more and have a little bit of fun on some oddball jerks and Turks of the year. So this is a great time to become a member. We certainly need it. Tyt.com/join. You can hit the join button below. You can also do tyt.com/gift. 
and that's a great way to celebrate the holidays overall. And we appreciate all of you. Thank you for being part of the TYT family and community. And for the members, we'll be right back. Back on Turks and Jerks, Jank, Rashad, John, and Dave with you guys. Like Turks and Jerks used to take three hours. Like we would really belabor the hell out of it, right? So I'm kind of amazed that we zoom past it. Like. We we finished in under an hour. It never happens. So I can talk more about Elon Musk if you'd like. Oh, I didn't even I'm get sure into the Reuters report <laughs> <laughs> or okay. the Cybertruck. You want me to do the Cybertruck for forty five minutes? Oh, to hold, hold. Okay, <laughs> um, but I, I want to go to some comments here and then oddball Turks and jerks uh, for you guys. Um, and Nov seventeen seventy five Jim wrote in on super chat. For the past few years, I've always considered the jerk of the year has always just been a runner up to Trump. It's a given. I wanted to read that because it's a good point. It's one that is similar to the one that John made. Donald Trump is kind of to jerk of the year what Michael Jordan is to the MVP in the NBA when he played. Like, come on, we all know it's Jordan, okay? But we can't give it to Jordan every year, it's boring, right? So we're everywhere, oh, look, you wing, wink, wink, right? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't even know if that MVP, but I get that <laughs> reference. He's play, he plays sports. Right. Good one, John. He does play sports. <laughs> uh, so, but, uh, but, you know, this year we, we Trump got to run for his money. He really did. Uh, but, I, but it's a good point. Uh, Monk without a cause uh, wrote in making my new tradition an annual holiday gift in the name of my favorite co host this year, Jackson White. Okay, that's beautiful. Like that, Action Jackson, or as some of his fans call him, Snackson. As soon as I heard that, I thought that was the greatest nickname ever. Okay, so how does, well, I was gonna say, how does one get that lucky? Well, you don't get lucky, you work out and you look great, and that's how you get that nickname. Grind it out in the gym, my friend, that's what you do. Well, I wouldn't know, but yes, that's what I hear. Okay. So, YouTube members Manuel wrote in, honestly for me, Rashad and the indisputable community are also Turks of the Year. The most positive change driving news show I know. Nice. Well, that's beautiful, isn't it? Well, thank you. Um, checks in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. That, that's a very genuine comment. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah, that, that's Take wonderful. I love to hear that. And it's totally true. Uh, Rashad drives so much positive change. You know, we did that. Um, Campaign to get water to the residents of Mississippi that needed the water because their yes. water, as usual, was poisoned by things yep. that went wrong. And 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 Rashad led us to raising thirty thousand dollars to get those folks clean water. So, absolutely right, driving and a lot of awareness in addition to the money. So, thank you all, everybody. Yeah, hundred percent. Everybody check out Indisputable. And Miriam Tamimi, thanks for becoming a new member. And on Twitch, T Pain eighty nine said, "Watching my dad, who was wearing his Dragon Squad shirt today, he also got two TDR sweaters. And justice is coming for Christmas. Happy holidays! Mm. Wow, I love it. But your dad is not going to outdo me in wearing Dragon Squad shirts. <laughs> I don't know how many I have, but it's." Minimum half a dozen. Oh my god! <laughs> and so um, every day I'm like, do I go red dragon or green dragon, or just the thing that says Dragon Squad? 
Yellow's good. <laughs> and we have the grumpy dragon line, shoptyt.com. Um, but of all the faces that I wear, I wear Rashad's face the most. Sounds unfortunate. This is so true. Comfortable, <laughs> I ran into Jenk and he had on my t-shirt. That was, it was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Last uh, couple here. Uh, Ghost Dog TV wrote, and I like how Gates makes me feel about myself. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. He's such a bad guy. It makes me feel good about myself. Uh, Dr. Hayes says about Elon Musk, but he invented the dancing robot. <laughs> Did he? I don't know. It was a person in a robot costume. It was funny. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll do one last one. Tall glass of shut up, Jupes says, maybe there should be ranked choice voting for Turks and Jurors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna work on that. I like how you're thinking about this election reform, democracy's on the line. There you go, okay? All right, I have such a random jerk of the year oddball pick, Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, like, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing? Like the constant drama around the vaccines, and then he recovered from his Achilles heel. No, he didn't. Weirdo lies. But and I'm going to put pair him up with because it just popped into my head with a political person, Bobby Kennedy Jr. And the reason I'm pairing them up is because half the time I can't tell why they're lying. Like some of the time you can tell, like, oh yeah, he's against vax, freedom, whatever, right? And Bobby Kennedy Jr. has always been against vaccines way before COVID 19. But then the Ashkenazi Jew thing and how it doesn't affect, why? Why did you say that? Like, what's so weird, yeah. right? And, and so, yeah, that's just, we're throwing out random stuff. So that was my two random ones. John, you had some? Yeah, I have a few. Um, obviously, we focus mostly on politics. It's sort of our thing. But I, but I did try to think a little bit about like the worlds of art and sports. I know you guys don't think I do, but I sometimes watch a sport or two. Um, and so, uh, Sami Zayn is in the WWE. All around great guy. Has done great advocacy. Um, you know, around um, civilians. You know, being put at risk in, in conflicts, particularly in Syria. I think he continues to deserve credit for that. I would say Taylor Swift trying to get people interested in voting despite now becoming like the biggest boogeyman on the, on the on the right. So I think that's worth something. But I have like my most oddball one is going to be Greta Gerwig for Barbie. Because Barbie didn't have to be all that interesting. And she just really made something fascinating. I think that has a lot to say about both women and men. And I wouldn't mention it except that I really enjoy the movie. But then also, it caused so many hissy fits on the right this year. I mean, Ben Shapiro, I think his review of it is still happening. Like they just talked about it and <laughs> talked about it. It just ruined their life that she made Barbie. And so it's on its own merits. A fascinating movie. I watched it for a second time and it holds up to rewatching. And also, it ruined Ben Shapiro's day. So I think that deserves an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, now that you mention it, we probably should have picked Bud Light for Turk of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Taylor Swift, by the way, now being blamed for Kansas City's losing streak. So, <laughs> yeah, cause and effect. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it is. I blame you. An oddball. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Joker of the year quickly, not because this person is not 
a potential candidate for jerk of the year period. But because of the oddball question she could not answer. And that's former governor Nikki Haley trying to be president of the United States. Somebody posed that question as you know, hey, why did we fight the civil war? And she could not figure out the answer. <laughs> um, and then post the question back to the guy who's not running for president. And he gave the greatest answer and he's my, he's my oddball Turk. He said, I'm not running for president, you are, drop mic. <laughs> this woman was governor of South Carolina, had to deal with the flag issue just like other states like Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama. Roots are deep in the South with the legacy of the evil empire known as slavery. But in a town hall meeting, this woman could not simply say, yes, they were fighting to retain the evil industry of slavery. She couldn't do it. Now here's the dynamic. You trust somebody like that to be in a room with oil tycoons, <laughs> with powerful men and women? To have your back when she can't answer a simple question at a town hall? Of course not. She's my oddball and the guy who posed the question and said, I'm not the one running for president. He's my oddball Turk. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about this on the show today, but I was like, like, she's freaked out. She's like, it's a democratic plan. So what? Like, if, if it's a democratic plan or a Republican plan, ask me, is LeBron James a good basketball player? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what? Like, who cares, right? Like, but why did they have a civil war? Is just as easy a question, if not easy. That's right. Like, it's the yeah. easiest question in the world, and she and she flubbed it. Why? Because she's a panderer, and she and yep. she apparently thinks that the Republican voting base is deeply racist and didn't mind slavery. That's why she was reluctant to say the obvious answer of slavery. Exactly. And yeah, and, uh, and and I told the story about how when I ran for Congress, uh, my Democratic opponent sent four plants into a town hall to ask me tough questions and they had their talking points, etc. Uh, by the end, two of them said they were gonna vote for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and the third one was wavering. And I, I say that we have it on tape because I, I don't want you to think it's BS. It really, that's what happened. Why? Because I bothered to talk to them. And, and they were Democrats to begin with, right? And I talked him into, hey, why don't, maybe we should fight for our positions, right? And so the idea that there's a plant, a plant to do what? A plant to ask you really easy questions? <laughs> okay, okay, we can. Right. Right. So one more thing, I'm, I'm a little bummed that there are no national progressives on the list. And unfortunately, that's a little bit telling. Like, it should at least be a candidate. Right, that someone nominates, no one even bothered to nominate a single national progressive. So it's a pretty depressing turn of events, especially in a Democratic administration where they could have asked for more, they could have done more. I don't want to get too depressed talking about it, but it is noteworthy. Dave, your picks were already oddballs, but <laughs> but in a good way, in a great way, <laughs> right? Like the Turk of the Year, you almost swung me. Uh, so, any other thoughts on it? No, not really. not even a tennis player. <laughs> <laughs> the Greek dude. <laughs> no, the, the Greek dude has been playing tennis since he was nine years old. He's forgiven for everything. I, I 
and he didn't do anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I don't have any oddballs. All right, God bless. Okay, well, uh, uh, can I throw out one final oddball? Yes, um, because I think that this list has been really biased towards one group, and that would be humans. So I would say the orcas for finally taking it to the yachts of the world's billionaires and millionaires. <laughs> uh, they're fighting the good fight. They're doing it without <laughs> weapons, you know. Right. So, uh, but I think they deserve some credit and uh, keep on the good fight, dear orcas. All right. Well, we had a whale of a time, uh, but now we gotta go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody check out indisputable damage report, and of course, Young Turks. We love you guys. Have a great New Year. Don't worry, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but for now, bye bye.